0: Welcome back to the Financial Insights Podcast. It's Monday. We're getting started with a great new week coming off of a super strong jobs report at the end of last week. Last Friday was the first Friday of the month, which makes it Jobs Friday. And so that's what we're going to talk about this week. Stay tuned for the Financial Insights Podcast. You're listening to Financial Insights a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. We are back rested from taking last week off. It was a vacation week for me out of the office right before the kids start school again, which everybody's excited about. My, I'm excited. My wife's excited. My kids are excited. I getting back into the routine. It feels like we're getting a little bit closer to post COVID, despite all this Delta variant stuff going around that's kind of unnerving everybody and even unnerved the markets a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago. But uh, we're still making some headway uh, wearing masks, but that's okay, getting back into the swing of things. And the markets are still in the swing of th- things, quite frankly. Uh, the the major markets reversed course from the prior week and finished last week higher. Uh, overseas markets produced gains as emerging market equities rebounded from the prior week sell-off. Uh, The utilities and financial sectors had good weeks as the banks enjoyed a solid Friday as the better than expected jobs report actually pushed yields higher. And uh, that's despite increasing optimism about the outlook for the U.S. economy. S&P 500 last week, up just short of a percent. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, up 0.78%. NASDAQ, up a little bit more than 1%, and the Russell 2000, up just short of a percent. The Russell 2000, as you recall, are the smaller companies or small-cap companies. Uh, as we turn kind of to earnings and market valuations, the second quarter earnings are, thus far, nothing short of exemplary. With record-setting percentages of companies beating earnings and revenue projections, the almost 90% expected S&P 500 earnings growth rate for the second quarter is the second highest that FactSet has ever recorded and is behind only the fourth quarter of 2009 after the Great Recession, which was over at 100%, if you can believe that. Uh, Moreover, this is the fifth consecutive quarter with rising estimates, during the first month of reporting season. Market participants have expressed concerns, though, with higher-than-normal price-to-earnings ratios, or P.E. ratios. The S&P 500 forward price-to-earnings ratio uh, at 21 right now is well above the historical average of about 16. Nevertheless, considering this quarter's strong earnings results, along with a 10-year Treasury yield of just under 1.3%, and a forward earnings yield for the S&P 500 at 4.5%, S&P 500 stocks could be seen as fairly valued given an equity risk premium of over three percent. Core bonds are also holding their own as energy has a second straight volatile week. Uh, the Bloomberg Barclays U.S. Aggregate Bond Index gained marginal ground last week as yields declined. Moreover, high yield bonds, as denoted by the same the Bloomberg Barclays High Yield Bond Index, actually finished the week lower while yields increased. Oil lost about 8% last week, while natural gas rebounded over 5% from last week's losses, or the prior week's losses. Uh, In addition, gold, silver, and copper ended the week lower with both gold and silver down, actually, for the year. So with that out of the way, let's talk jobs report. And what we saw last Friday was that July payrolls really bucked the trend of recent Weak economic data. Investors finally got that strong pop in payrolls that many have been calling for, breaking from the string of recent kind of lukewarm jobs reports and weakening data from other segments of the economy that have been kind of stoking these peak growth fears. Uh, peak growth is this concern that we have m- reached the zenith of our post COVID growth economically. Um, and I still take issue with that. And if if we are peaking in growth, that doesn't mean – if you reach the peak of the summit of a mountain, just because you've reached the peak doesn't mean you're not still really high up in terms of altitude, right? Um, just because you're sprinting doesn't – you're not sprinting or you've stopped sprinting doesn't mean you're not still running. Uh, and so peak just maybe means we've hit the maximum rate of growth but not that we've stopped growing. Uh, and yet while this is all kind of swirling out there – We got this unequivocally bullish jobs report, uh, though I will admit some questions remain. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics employment report revealed that the domestic economy added 943,000 jobs in July, uh, beating the surveyed economics median forecast for a gain of 858,000. The prior two months also received strong net positive revisions of 119,000 jobs. So roughly two-thirds of the overall gain came from local government education and leisure and hospitality sectors, adding 220,000 and 380,000 jobs respectively. So let's talk unemployment rate then. The unemployment rate fell to 5.4%, a big beat. Relative to expectations, and was paired with a slight uptick in the labor force participation rate, which moved from six point one. Uh, I'm sorry, sixty one point seven percent from sixty one point six. That's how many people are are participating in the jobs market, looking for a job. Um, because if you're not looking, then you're not counted as being unemployed. Uh, getting that number of the participation rate back closer to the sixty three point four percent. Pre-pandemic level is going to be a key factor in making a full labor market recovery. And with the jobs opening rate as historic highs go anywhere they're hiring, the issue appears to be more with labor supply getting back online than with a lack of available jobs. Uh, The chief market strategist for LPL even said that this number was really good, but for the best part, uh, it wasn't so strong that the Federal Reserve is going to have to change their policy. So in that sense, it wasn't too hot and it wasn't too cold because just to provide some color here, the worry is that if the jobs report blows out so in such a wide margin – and we start getting huge jobs gains suddenly and uh, inflation kind of stays stickier than expected. The Federal Reserve might have to change course and raise interest rates. And that has a little bit, that uh, has investors a little bit twitchy as we go forward. I'll post to the chart of the day uh, where you can see we remain uh, 5.7 million payrolls shy of the February 2020 peak, uh, but we are certainly trending in the right direction. In the meantime, the more interesting debate may be what to make of wages, which rose 0.4% month over month compared to expectations for a 0.3% increase. Now, early on in the pandemic, in-person service sector jobs, which tend to be lower paying, were hit the hardest. And as lower paying jobs fell off, average hourly earnings logically rose, right? The lower paying jobs are going away. That increases the average. The expectation, therefore, was that when these jobs return, the average hourly earnings would then face downward pressure. And that hasn't played out exactly like the market thought, though so largely that's because the supply of labor hasn't returned and employers are being forced to pay up to attract workers that are willing to come back to work. Wages have important implications in the inflation debate uh, because they and rents are considered to be among the stickier components of inflation. If someone gets a raise, that raise isn't going to get lowered a year from now. Or if your rent goes up, your rent's not going to get lowered two years from now. So it's sticky. It remains to be seen whether a potential large increase in the labor supply in the coming months is going to be able to reverse this increasing wage dynamic. Now, we talked about the Delta variant before. And the Delta variant and the potential for reversal of reopening trends are really the wild cards here in the labor market story. The ability to work is one thing, willingness to work is another, and a pickup in the more dangerous Delta variant is denting confidence among those still skittish about COVID-19 and may actually blunt some of the expected breaking of the dam in labor supply that something is going to come in September when school and child care facilities should be fully reopened and supplemental unemployment benefits are going to be eliminated nationwide. One other thing to consider here is that the observation window for last Friday's report closed before the Delta variant emerged in a real major way. And therefore, it didn't fully capture its effects. So any judgments on that front are going to have to be put on hold until next month's report. We'll get the August report in early September. And that may temper the market reaction somewhat to these positive numbers still. We remain optimistic, really, that the Delta variant will prove to be a temporary drag on the recovery uh, based on vaccinations and other containment measures that we know how to do to help stop the spread. It feels good to be back. If you have questions about the jobs report, unemployment rates or <laughs> labor uh, shortages or how any of these things might affect your portfolio, portfolio, email us at info at FordFG.com. My name is Brian Ullman. I look forward to talking to you in the next one.
1: The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with, and securities are offered through, LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Ford Financial Group, a registered investment advisor and a separate entity from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principle. No strategy assures success or protects against loss the economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein.